The Union 0430 is brought to you by Real Geese, the most technologically advanced silhouettes ever produced. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430. It is episode 49. One more to go to the big 5 0. Um, missing a couple of the lads. Philly is working tonight. Uh, Ryan just moved into a beautiful new home on top of Brow Mountain. And、uh, he's probably still trying to get some,、uh, get some internet squared away up there. But we do have Merck back from Newfoundland. And、uh, he's, he's here at, just outside of Ottawa. Dave looking fine, sporting his first light shirt and his new canoe hat.、Um, He's up in Concordan. And tonight we have our very first Quebecer on the show. We have Mr. Francois Leneau, who is the head of Challengers Ambassador Staff, all around good dude, knows a lot about Challenger Ammo,、um, super awesome guy. It was an honor to meet, with,、uh, meet him and, and shoot with him last fall. And、uh, so we're going to get talking about Challenger Ammo and all the good things that they got going on.、Um, but first, just wanted to thank everybody for all of the support、uh, we've got over the last, last couple of weeks, especially with Real Geese coming on.、Um, I know there's a bunch of people that's waiting on the draw for、uh, three dozen Real Geese silhouettes right now. That'll be done.、Uh, well, by the time you see this video, it'll already be happening. So,、um, That really doesn't make no sense for me to even bring that up because it's already going to happen because I'm going to do it on Thursday.、Um, so, so that'll be it. So, Frank, buddy, finally,、yeah. it's, been, uh, it's been almost a year、um, yep. since we started talking and since we came on board with, with Challenger after you, had, after you and、um, Dan Rochette reached out to us and, and said, Hey, listen,、uh, I think you guys really should start looking at Challenger ammo and, and stuff. So, Dave and I, you know, tried it, loved it,、um, hung out with you and, and the, the full Challenger team down in Montreal last, last fall.、Um, you know, finally got you on the show, finally、uh, able to answer some questions and be able to get. And be able to get the word out about Challenger Ammunition and just how good a product it is, and,、uh, and time to、uh, kill some of these myths that's out there with it. So, thanks so much for coming on the show, buddy. Thanks for the invite. I'll,、uh, I'll be sure to answer all the questions and、uh, hope everyone's going to shoot Challenger after that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I, I'm pretty certain our, our phones are going to be ringing up. But you, you even you brought it up before we started recording. Like, this is, it's crazy right、yep. now. Like, the shop,、uh, the factory. And, and, and I just wanted to say、yep. this like, this, this is a Canadian company. This is in、yep. Montreal. It's,、yep. it's made in Montreal or just outside Montreal. The factory is outside Montreal. The owner lives in Montreal. Um, it's the president、thing. lives in Montreal. Oh, so, the president,、uh, yes, the, yes, sir. Yeah, the president.、Uh, so, Elisa Vifay is the president who、uh, started this business in 1983 because、uh, he, he couldn't find affordable ammos, quality ammos to shoot because he's, he's a professional shooter. So,、uh, he started this company from scratch. And now the company, is, like I said, he's the president, but it's owned now by a European holding. 
so we know they, they got big old things over there and mm -hmm. they got big companies underneath. So Challenger is one of them. Uh, so yeah, it's still made in Quebec. It's still, like I yeah. say, it's still, oh, it, it's still home or uh, like I say, controlled by a Montreal guy. So yeah. 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 No, awesome. And, and you brought up a, a about Ellie being a, a professional shooter. If yeah. you think you're a good shot, and you want to be humbled, go hang out and watch Ellie start making shots behind his back and shooting clays at uh, clay pigeons out of the air. Um, him, oh, at only 40, 50 yards at yeah. least behind his back. 20 yeah. yards, he's going he's gonna to smoke them. 40, 50s, he's going to smoke them all too. He's, he's a hell of a shooter for sure. Oh, yeah. it, it You've just, seen him. Yeah, I've seen him. And, uh, and I watched him and his son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go go head to head for a hundred bucks one time and guess guess who ended up owing who a hundred bucks ah the dad for sure mm -hmm. the dad the dad won for sure and uh, yeah. sorry Dave you missed that you missed that day but damn we had a freaking good time yeah we did uh, we had a, we had an awesome this, good time yeah they opened the uh, the ski to the ski parkour just for us but we were shooting underneath the the cabin. With yeah. the bees and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the wasps was, and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, the wasp, yeah, it was sharp. It was sharp. Yeah. And that was the, Pro and, the problems and, with living on the other side of Ontario, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was the big thing. Like that was one of the big things that that drew Dave and I to Challenger was the fact that you know, um, when when you had brought it up to us and you had said Ellie, well, absolutely not accept anybody to be part of his ambassador program until he meets them. And that said a lot to us. You know what I mean? Like it, it told us the type of company that he's, that he's running and just how interested he is in knowing who, who he's having represent his brand. Right. So, you know, for me, it's easy. Um, Dave, Dave couldn't make it uh, just for logistical reasons, but for me and, and Dan Rochette, you know, it was, it was an hour and a half drive and, and we were there and, got to meet him and, and chat and with his son, Carl and, and Arno as operations manager, you know, and get, get to hang out and, and chat. And then you also had other ambassadors for challenger there too. So it was a good, it was a great day. Lots of yeah. learning, lots of shooting, lots of laughs. So it was great. And if you look at like the ambassador team for now, we got like different kind of dudes, you know, we got both of you with your background in the army and everything. Yeah. You got, okay, you got me with the marketing background or something. Uh, I got a big mouth and everything. I love one thing. I love shooting. I love knowing what I do and what I say too. And then on the other side, you got uh, Martin that you met. Uh, Martin is the kind of funny guy. He's a very good guy. He's a very good actor. He's, uh, he got, he's Martin. If you, if everyone knows Martin, he's Martin. And you got Thaddeus, who's the who's a biologist with the CWFT. Um, so yeah, we got a big background. We got like a, a good team with all our little like yeah, uh, our assets. Little... We can bring the challenger. Yeah, yeah I, so I just figured it out last week that Thaddeus was doing the one. If I said that right, if I said yeah. it wrong, yeah, yeah Thaddeus, I, yeah. Um, He's the guy doing that uh, West Nile study for the CWTF. Yep, that's it. And I was he like, was the guy. Oh, like, 
connected to that guy. That guy, that's pretty awesome. It's good work he's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you look at his Facebook page, he's always posting okay, meal pictures, uh, foraging pictures, mushroom. Uh, uh, damn, if something's happened in this world, I'm going to his chalet. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> We're going to hunt and eat from the land for sure. The zombie I pride myself with when it yep. comes to turkeys. I yep. pride myself in getting as much meat off of that turkey as I can, right? Yeah. And it takes a lot to impress me. The first time I was ever impressed with turkeys was Jason Sear, who's a taxidermist, and just how cleanly he was able to get the meat off. I was like, wow, that. Well, then Tadia showed that picture the other week. And the amount of meat he got off that bird and how clean and beautiful it looked and how well he did just, I was like, man, who is this guy? Like what, where did he learn? And then last week I figured out, oh, he's the biologist for the CWT. <laughs> he has a lot of experience with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it is That's a good right. team. It is a good team. And, and it's a good team that you put together, Frank, that, you know, it, it listen, we know that, I, I guess we should put out the disclaimer. Like if anybody wants to join the ambassador team, just call Frank because he's ready to take on. <laughs> no, but seriously, like you, you've built this team yourself. Uh, you, you pick the people, um, talk to Mr. Uh, talk to Ellie and, you know, and, and did your thing. And, and you've really, you've created a, a great team. Now um, you've created a great team to go along with an up, upgraded product because there are there were some myths out there um about challenger ammunition and and the the most common one uh we would see especially last fall when we would make a post about challenger ammo was that it it, it was burning dirty um and and yeah. i would yeah. say well you know i'm shooting i'm shooting a gas gun and it doesn't burn dirty for me um but then you had explained some things that that challenger had done. So I guess what I'm looking for is for you to try and give an answer on, on why some people think it burned dirty and why I'm saying it doesn't burn dirty anymore. All right. Now I'll just start with the, uh, the ambassador team again, just to, to uh, uh, close it down. Uh, yeah. I started this team with uh, another buddy of mine that now has left the team uh, like three years ago with the old, uh, with the, the guy that was uh, the place of Arnaud before, who was Pierre Dernier. Right. And then uh, he, he introduced, I, I would know Dan Rachel from uh, name and everything on Facebook, but this guy like presented to me. I'm like, okay, let's let's give him a chance and everything, let's go. So Dan Rachel is two in the team. So after that, when my buddy left, uh, yeah, I, be, I became the only one and a chief ambassador for Challenger. So I, I continue the legacy for sure. And I'm going to try to make the best team out of it. And one thing I always say to everyone who wants to jump in or even people who are like in the team or my friend, like, how do you choose a guy to get to be in the team? Like, I choose them for sure, but I look at what they can bring to the team. And I'm not going to do like other companies without spotting anyone, but taking everyone on the team you know you've seen a lot a lot a lot of people oh i'm for this company or i'm from and then you just it just add up and like i'm th i think it, it dilutes the product you know yeah it's like everyone everyone can be on the team so okay no problem no it has to 
you have to bring something to the team except just just your name or Facebook or Instagram or uh, yep. you know. I uh, I got a good story. I'm not sure if I ever told you this story, um, but uh, I don't know. Probably about halfway through the season last year, I, I get a message from a from a person um, that's been on the show and 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 the whole bit. And, you know, I get this message and they were like, how are you liking Challenger ammunition? I said, I love it. I said, I've been shooting it all fall. I'm, you know, I'm knocking birds down. It's doing what it's supposed to do and stuff like that. And they were like, that's a pretty sweet gig you got going on with Challenger. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, that you're part of the Punisher's part of Challenger now. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, so what kind of a deal did you get? And I'm like, what are you talking about a deal? And they were like, well, you know, you're, you're part of challenger. I was like, what do you, do you think I get free ammo? And they were like, well, don't you? And I'm like, no, I was like, what, what do you think? Do you think that that challenger's just given us like cases of free ammo? I was like, no, it doesn't work like that. I said, I can get, uh, you know, like you can go just like you, you alluded to, there's, there's a hundred different companies out there and you can get, it's not hard to get on, get on with any company really, um, if you're a hunter, but for us, for Dave and I, um, we really, you know, we put a lot of, a lot of thought into the fact that, you know, Ellie wanted to meet us. It was a Canadian company. Um, you know, we didn't reach out to you guys. You guys reached out to us, you know, uh, you know, Ellie says, well, we'll grow together. We'll grow Punisher together and we'll grow challenger together. And that, and that right there tells us a lot about what type of company challenger ammunition is and, and why, why we jumped on board with it. But, you know, like was, I always say, you don't work for us. We don't work for you, but we work together. And as mm -hmm. a team, we could grow something. We could do something. You know, yeah. it's not a it's not a question of who's gonna who's gonna be the best or who's gonna grow the biggest or the fastest. It's like growing together or building something up that's gonna mm -hmm. bring bring us to something. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. So let's uh, let's go to the original question. With the dirty now. question. Yeah, with the dirty <laughs> yeah. question. There you so, go. A couple of time ago, like a couple of years ago, I've been shooting Challenger for at least, let's say, 13 years, okay? So I've known the golden shells. I've known the green shells that we still have for the three-inch and a half uh, waterfall uh, shots. And now we're with the orange one with the three-inch. And the three-and-a-half-inch are going to come in orange, like maybe late this year, but they're going to be for sure on the market next year. Because we still have like a couple of uh, green uh, green shells to make, so yeah, the 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 the, the question about the, the the slow burning or the dirty shells, it dirty my guns. My gun is always dirty. It's jam. It jam. It jam. Uh, it has been solved. Uh, they they change a little bit of their recipe. They use the new primer. They change of they change the primer. So the the primer, let's say, it's it's. It's more powerful, or it it, it gives a better like uh, spark to ignite the powder. So all the powder is gonna be burned approximately at the same time, you know. Mm -hmm. But I've heard from other people, other hunter. Hey, when I'm shooting up in the skies with any shells company, 
I get sometimes powder in my eyes. It's like, yeah, it's normal. It's nothing is perfect in the world. So any shells can have a little problem here and there. It's look, yeah. if you find a, a perfect shell that always burn equally, that always uh, has this velocity, the same velocity, the same impact, the same pattern and everything. Okay, I'm gonna be sold to it. But if I got something that it's quality, it's it's made with rigorous like uh, rigorous like condition and everything. I'm going for Challenger for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely, buddy. Um, and and it's just like you said, like one like I, we talked about this before stuff that we were gonna talk about on the show, but like you said. Mm-hmm one person has a bad experience they're going to tell 10 people and those people are going to be like oh well i heard and but and then it's going to become out there but you don't hear the people that are like man this stuff shoots really good i my gun stays clean like you don't hear those people because the the naysayers are louder and it's harder to change the voice of those naysayers than it is to change the voice of the the happy opinion right so yeah hey go for it mark just like when uh Somebody wants to put a review on something on the internet. Uh, chances are they're going to be more motivated to do it if they have a negative opinion on something. Yep. So those are those are the ones that are there, and they're the ones you see because someone actually took the time to do it because they had a they had a negative situation and, and they they were pissed or something, so they did mm-hmm. it. Uh, you don't for every negative one, you're missing a pile of good ones, right? And that's what anything. Yeah. Uh, just to go along with the clean burning. Um, a few years ago, I started shooting Challenger as a target load. I, I won't shoot anything else as a target load anymore because when you're shooting 250 to 500 shells in a, in a day and you're using a gas gun, like Damien's saying, if you're, if you're using a dirty load, and I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use other brands because I know which ones are dirty. I know uh, Remington target loads are dirty. That's all there is to it. And now it, it would actually cause, and my gun doesn't jam. Mm-hmm. Not very much. And those would cause my gun by the end of it to start jamming. And the difference between that and using the Challenger load was night and day for me. I mean, mm-hmm. it was so clean. I could, I could fire all 500 shells in a case and the gun would still be functioning flawlessly at the end. It would, yeah, there'd be some dirt. You just fired 500 shells for your yeah, gun in absolutely. two hours, but they would all work and the gun will be significantly cleaner than when I use the other, uh, the other one. So my experiences with Challenger have been nothing but positive since being, I wasn't involved in shooting them a long time ago, but the last few years, that's where, that's where I'm at with them. Well, well, I can tell you that at the, at the local skeet club here, um, the day that I walked in with, with target load in, in my, uh, in my bag, there was a lot of people wondering where I was getting my target load from because they weren't able to get like it was all sold out in this area. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm like, luckily for you guys, I know the people that can get target load in. So let's, let's do it. And let's, let's start bringing challenger into more stores up here. Um, That's spread the world. Yeah. Like, but the only way that that's going to happen is that people are going to the stores and saying, Hey, listen, I, I want this ammo because the stores are carry it if there's a, if there's a demand for it. Right. So yep. um, I agree with you, Mark. It, it, it's clean burn. I, I go to the skeet club with the same gun that I shoot birds with. And, uh, 
And that's what, that's what I use. And now I don't have any experience with anything else, but I've got a gas gun and, and it, it'll easily handle uh, a day at the, at the ski club. No problem. Yeah, um, it's like, it's like, again, with the burning, burning shell and everything. And it's the phenomenon of like, my gun is better than yours or I'm better than you. So I don't need to clean my gun because my shell is not, that's the new phenomena we've seen a lot growing up, like on the internet, like the bullier key, the keyboard behind the bullier, the bullier behind the keyboard and everything. It's like, why, why are we as waterfaller or hunters can't like be happy for our neighbors or something? We always have to do. I don't know if it's the same thing in Ontario. I think it yes, is because it, it is in Quebec. It's like. It, it, it's, it's a problem for sure. I see it. I see it as a problem because everyone wants to be like better than the other, or it's it's bad. But like we said, when you're happy with a product, you're not the one, the first one who's gonna do go go make a review on the, the internet site or something. But when you're not happy, it's like you're gonna talk to everyone about it, and then it's gonna grow up like a snowball. And then the second person who's gonna hurt that it's cheap and it's dirty ground. And, yeah, I've heard this. My friend is telling me that it's shit. Have you tried it? No. Why Why are you saying that it's shit then? Yeah. I've been hunting for a year here now, and I've heard Challenger is bullshit. Okay, you've been hunting for only a year, and you can tell right now with tests and everything that it's bullshit. Yeah. I'm going to give you a box right there. Go shoot them and come back to me after that. And, and, and they're not going to come back to you because they're going to be like, yeah. Oh man, I was wrong. I'm not gonna go back to him. No, no, I'm gonna continue saying it's bullshit. Not, but, but I'm gonna buy some on the side. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this. I've seen this, and I've got a guy now who's buying hammos. Challenger only. He's, he's selling Challenger on the internet. He's talking about Challenger every time. He's like, before that, he was a non-Challenger at all. He was like, Challenger is bullshit and bullshit. And then he made a post on Facebook on one of our, uh, one of our groups. He was looking for shells. I'm like, you're right behind my, beside my house. You're like 15 minutes away from me. Come here. I'm going to give you 50 rounds. Mm. I'm going to give them to you. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to, no, no. You're going to find nothing at nine o'clock in the uh, overnight. It's all closed. <laughs> so he came in. I gave him eight, 50, 50 rounds in a bucket. And he was like, cool. The bucket is nice. Cool. Okay. For, first thing, for, good for Challenger, right? And then the second day he called me, he was like, okay, I'm going to buy a case for sure, a flat for sure, like next month to try it. And then, mm -hmm. and now he's always asking me, where can I, where can I find this product? Is, is there any in the store? I'm like, I don't know. Call the store. I, I, I don't know the inventory. So yeah, we got to grow up the brand. We got to talk about the brand. We got to like put some gold on the name for sure right now, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but at the end of the day, I, I like the way that I like the way that challenger is going about it because you're, you're going at it in a, in a very methodical way. And, and what I mean by that is that um, you're, you're not, you don't have 200 people on social media promoting that. That's, this is, this is the best. I listen, I know people that promote a brand that don't shoot that brand. 
Do, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I know it. I, I, I hunt with them. I see what they shoot and what they promote and what they shoot are two totally different things. Right. So, um, so with that, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. I did want to bring up something though, because Dave told me, I didn't get this. I didn't hear it from you, Frank, but Dave told me that uh, they're... Uh, we're not talking about that. No, that's top secret, man. Oh, yeah. What's top, top secret? <laughs> top secret. Ooh. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, the message I'm gonna tell him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna shoot yeah. you a message right now, Frank. <laughs> Go for it. And uh, you tell me, you tell me if we can talk about it or not. Frank, coming to you right now. This. Okay. Yeah. Now, now yeah. Dave could be thinking about there's there's another thing too, and I'm thinking the other thing might be what Dave's talking about, not what I'm talking about. About steel or? Uh... No, I just oh. sent it to you. Yeah, I, I've got actually uh, there was something Francois, that you told me about that Challenger has that maybe people don't know about. Cage. No, I was talking about the type of steel. Shot like oh, okay, okay, shot. okay. So the tongue stand, the tongue stand shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about it later if you want. No problem. Yeah. yeah. What if about you can, if you can spread the word and uh business starts to order some, it's gonna be good. What about what I sent you? Are we allowed to talk about that? Oh, or we can talk about the 20 gauge 20 gauge for sure, but I, as I can say for now, uh steel shot in 20 gauge. It's not in the it's not in the nearest future at all. Okay. Uh, for sure, it's getting more and more and more uh, like I, more and more like uh, popular. Yeah, popular in Canada and then in the US. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a market for sure for it for it. Uh, then we just gotta we just gotta bring the uh, the option like that the option is on the table, the idea is on the table, but it's uh it's yeah. on a stop for, for, for it right now it's on a stop it's it's something we want for sure yeah. it's something i always bring upon because like uh girls hunting it's like a, a little bit less recoil and let's say it's a little bit less recoil because uh like i was talking with uh dave uh yesterday i think yep um he told me is it through a three inch 20 gauge will kick more than a 12 gauge to and a three quarter so i'm like it depends because for the same charge same velocity a 12 gauge and 20 gauge will hit the same so if you take for sure if you take a seven and a half uh, seven eight of ounces versus an ounce and a half of lead in 12 gauge and in 20 gauge 12 gauge gonna hit more or if you got like a seven and a ounces a seven eight of ounces on a 12 gauge and you got an ounce and a quarter on 20 gauge. Yeah. 20 gauge is going to hit more. It's all about the charges in the shell yeah. and the velocity of it. So not 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 necessarily the gauge of the of the shotgun. It's nope. It, nope. it's it's the uh yeah the payload the and the velocity. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Payload and velocity. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's a good uh segue there into talking about what payload is on a shell there. Yeah. Um if you want to go through like a few of the different sizes of payload there and, and what they mean, like what they're actually like, is it the black powder that they're weighing or is it the actual shell weight or, or what all I'll let you take that one, Francois. And all right. So for example, if we take like uh, our new, uh, 
our new shell from uh, an innovation from this year. It's the number six on three inch, one ounce and a quarter steel shots. So perfect for duck. That's the perfect recipe to sting those buggers. Uh, you shoot a wall of uh, BBs to, uh, to the ducks. I've been using it for the last two years. It was like a little uh, secret we had, me and my buddies. Uh, last year, we made only 10 flats of it. And the year before, we only made like, they only made for us seven flats of it. That's it. That's all. It was not commercialized. No one knew about it instead, but me. Um, so, for example, we take the three inch. Everybody knows a three inch. It's when it's open. It's not when it's closed. It's when it's it's open. You know? No, no. You got a three inch, date. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and then, uh, so the full length of the shot shell it's when it's open when it's fired you know when you, when it's closed it's not going to measure three inch or three and a half inch or two and a three quarter while i'm here everybody everybody's like hey why your three and a half inch is smaller than the three and a half inch of kent or federal remington the reason why behind this it's like the uh, american uh, cycling um let's say chamber for the guns are a little bit smaller than the European one. So Ellie came with the idea, let's shorten uh, the, mm -hmm. the watt and everything. That's, that, let's do something shorter from an eight of a inch to like a 16 of an inch. So we were gonna make sure that any gun's gonna eject flawlessly the shells. So that's why uh, Challenger three and a half inch are a little bit smaller than the other company. Okay. And then if we go in a one ounce and a quarter or one ounce and a half or one ounce and a half, it's the weight of the BBs inside of your shells. So it's the payload, okay? So that's 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 what it's about. It's not how many powder in it or something. It's the weight of the BBs in it. So after that, you got the length, you got the powder. It's the max. It's the maximum powder you can put. We've Challenger is, do, is doing tests to get the pressure perfect, to get like the velocity between, I could say, for example, the three inch, one ounce and eight uh, goes uh, 1550 feet per second. The one ounce and a quarter goes uh, 1450. And the three inch and a half, uh, one ounce and a half goes 1500 feet per second. So, yeah. Do you have some more questions, Dave, for me? No, I think you covered it there pretty well. Um, okay. Like, and it's good because we just wanted to keep it basic because we don't know. Yeah. And anyone that's listening, like you might be a super experienced hunter, but we also want to try and appease the people that maybe don't even know what a 20 gauge is versus a 12 gauge or mm -hmm. so bringing it back to the simplicity of the actual weight that's inside there of the mm -hmm. actual. It's a payload. Yeah. The payload. Um, I'm I'm normal I'm normally a number four on ducks, okay. um, and but now you you're saying this number six was was really really good last year, Frank. It was it was uh, it was not even this last year. It was the two years ago. The, the the two last year we've been shooting it. We've been testing it. Um, it's it's amazing what job it does. Yeah, for sure. You got a lot of BBs in the bird after that. Yeah, 
for sure. You shouldn't, like, for example, if I, if I can just check my chart a second, if we go with steel shot number six in an ounce and a quarter, it's 394 BBs. And if we go with the number four, you got 240. So wow. it's 154 more BBs that goes to the target. Okay. Wow. So for sure, you may have a little bit more, uh, more uh, steel in your teeth, uh, between your teeth when you eat it or something, <laughs> but it gives you. <laughs> Because my no, wife finds them all anyway. Just <laughs> just buy a metal detector, you're gonna be all right. Yeah. <laughs> or or just got a, a good insurance, good dental insurance, you're gonna be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you get the number six versus the number four, it goes down easier, right? Yeah, that's right. You, you yeah, don't yeah. feel it. You don't yeah, feel yeah. it. So, you know what? But there's another question. Why is it number why do we call number six number six and number four like it's 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 all like for that I could I, I don't want to go in I don't want to go in it because I don't want to say anything wrong but it's all about the diameter. Um, I, I'm just gonna look over here something. Uh, boom, boom. No, I got I got it in inches. It's like number six. It's like it's like point eleven inches or two point seventy nine millimeters. But I don't know why uh, they call it norm number six or uh, where it comes from, though. No, I can't tell you. Well, so that, that, that and that's and that's awesome. So if if you don't know why it's called that, and because I certainly don't know why it's called that, I'm only an ambassador too, eh? So yeah. So <laughs> you know what? That's a that's a good question that that maybe we yeah. need to that we need to find out, and uh, mm -hmm. because I'm sure. Um, the millions and millions of, for it right now. Millions yeah, yeah, millions I, I don't want to say I don't want to yeah. say it wrong, but it has to do with the amount of pellets that you can fit yeah. on the length of the actual size. Okay. Okay. Uh, it could be, I it, could get be something. Yeah. it could be something. So uh, while you guys are, are searching that up, because I would like to know the absolute right answer on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. so Mark, I gave you. Um, some challenger ammo last year to try uh, for shooting birds, which you did. Dave, how much did you give give out last year to people that have never tried? And did you ever get any any feedback? I know Frank got some feedback on people, but uh, generally the people I gave it to, they all came back super happy with it. Um, just wondering about you. What were what were the reviews that you got? So I actually found that. I was giving, I think I gave five cases away, like mm -hmm. individually with all the people. And like, um, yeah, how many did I start with? I think I started with 10 and I'm down to less than one now. And uh, yeah, I think five of them I gave away just anytime someone would come out hunting with me. I'm like, Hey, try these. And yeah. And, or like I'd be shooting it and someone else would be shooting something else. And I'd be like, Hey, take this. And next time you hunt, try this. And, and, have you ever seen those memes with uh, Dave Chappelle where he's got the white powder under his nose? Yeah. And he's like, you got, got any more of that? Well, yeah, it was yeah. kind of like that with the challenger. It's like, got any more of those challenger <laughs> shells? <right? laughs> That's funny. That's but no, funny. Up, up here where I am, it's actually a bit so that the local gun shop actually shut down there last year, mm -hmm. um, just before duck and goose season. And then there wasn't anywhere like you'd have to drive half an hour just to get to a place where you could get shot shells. So I was fortunate. I had a pretty big stockpile, but yeah. So a lot of guys like 
I'm not sure. Yeah, they they all loved it. They all wanted to shoot more of it, so it was good. I still remember the day that you come by and picked up all your ammo, and you had that you had that fucking mud buddy in the back of your uh, in the back of your minivan <laughs> too. Mud buddy all in parts in the back of his minivan, and then he had to pick up like six, seven cases of of ammo as well. So it was yeah, uh, and the wife was not happy. Like, <laughs> no, a, a torn apart motor in the back of the van like <laughs> yeah it was funny um i i wanted to touch a little bit more on on the fact um just on on ellie and him being the president and the fact that he's you know he's a professional shooter um carl now his son has has taken over and and owns the yeah. montreal yeah. ski club um yeah. you know so so that whole relationship like um, between, listen, we're producing a product. We have, we have a range probably. And the first time I done, what, what's it called? Is it called five stand? Was that, uh, it's called, what we did first, it was the, uh, the skeet one. And then yeah. we, we went to the five stand. Yeah. yeah five stand. So if anybody, yeah. if you've, if you've never shot five stand, um, please, please give it a try because it is, it is some of the most fun you'll ever have on a range. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's challenging. Very much so. Um, but you know, it, it is a, it is a family, a family owned or family ran operation. And, and there is, it's not just, I don't, it, it's every, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it, it's your next door neighbor that that's that's shooting it that's testing it it's not it's not in a i don't know i don't know how what i'm really trying to say i'm i'm trying to break it down to the fact that it is actual hunters like carl carl's a hunter yep. like yep. you want to see if you want to see a duck boat go go to the <laughs> montreal ski club because it makes my rig it makes my rig look like like something for out of the minor leagues because he's got Two mud buddies. Two, two mud buddies, 40 HPs behind the 20. I think it's a 21 or a 20 or a 21. Yeah. John Bo, not John Boat, but it's a, it's a, yeah. It's Modified not, it's not from, yeah. It's, it's, it's super low profile. It's, uh, that yeah. boat is humongous, but wow, so nice. Yeah. So, so, nice. so you know, like it, it's everyday dudes that, that's, that own it, that that's promoting it, that's using it. That's, you know, it, it just, it says, it says a lot about the, it says a lot about the product really. It's Challenger like, says it's, it's made by hunters for hunters. So that, that's, that's how they call it. That's, that's their little, uh, little rig. If you can say it. that's, that's their little jig. It's made by shooter for shooter or made by hunter for hunters. So Ellie wants, when he wants, he started this uh, business up. He was like making his own recipe. He was shooting his own recipe and he was selling his own recipe. You know, he's, he's the man behind all the recipe and now spreading the word in the, in the plants. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Mark, uh, I know I've done a lot of talking and I know this is really in your wheelhouse when it gets into the science and the specifics and stuff. So I'm going to shut up for a little bit and let you uh, pick Frank's brain there. <laughs> Actually, Frank, before we get too far away from it, we talked about 
number six and number four and the different sizes for, yeah. for birds. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, you want you want me to 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 talk about the chart I've sent you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll uh, I'll do a big up to uh, Serge Laconcière. He's a great under. He's well known in Quebec. He's uh, he's a staff and distributor for uh, Tim Ground Calls too. Uh, he's got a big connection with Hunter and uh, his uh, his hand who's running the business right now since uh, Tim passed away. Like I think it's two years ago with us for uh, four wheeler uh, ATVs action. So this guy, I met him at the club. He's um, he's a member of the club too. I know him. I've seen him a couple of places around, like in shows and in uh, in salon and everything. And we know we always love to talk to each other, like hunters and everything. And last time I went to the Montreal Ski Club, he talked to me about Tom Roster. Tom Roster is an American guy. He made studies about non-toxic shots uh, when it became like illegal to shoot with uh, lead and everything on waterfall. And he made specific studies with all the range of BBs, uh, the... Typical shot yardage you can do on a large geese, small geese, medium geese, large dock, medium dock, small docks, and the size of the BBs you needed to have a little shot. He says you need one to two pellets to hit the bird at the good place. He's going to die. That's for sure. One pellet in the head, the dock is not going to fly it anymore. And uh, with all the specific chokes you would need to shoot at that distance. So if you guys want to go look at Tom Roster, T-O-M, uh, Roster, R-O-S-T-R-E, uh, T-E-R-S, sorry. Uh, go look at this chart. You're going to find it's a Bible for me now. Uh, I always refer to this. So like I said, ducks, large duck like mallard or black duck or pintails. Uh, with steel, you can go like from four to six to twos without any problem. Going BBs is like overkilling the ducks. Mm -hmm. um, you can go with three. Uh, the only thing you need is one ounce of, of, of the shot, one ounce of like of um, payload. Uh, you can go like, it goes like how many minimum pellets you need in 30 inch circle to kill that duck at 20 to 45 yards, for example, it's 115 to 120 pellets. So it gives you all the information you need to find the perfect load or the perfect payload or the perfect shells for you to shoot what you're going to go at. So that's not my Bible, and it's perfect. We'll so everyone, if you want to go look at that, that chart, it's called Tom Roster 2012 Non-Toxic Shock Detality Table. Uh, and he made a video. I didn't have the chance, the, the chance, the, and the time to go listen to it since turkey season started uh, last Friday for me. Uh, but he made a video, and it's all explained in it. You've seen, you're seeing him literally shooting at ducks at 50, 60 yards, dropping him down. They did the study in an not enclosed environment, but in a controlled environment, for example. And they they've they've get back the dog the the, the wounded dogs the dead dogs they've they've checked the pellets in it the penetration and everything to get to this table. So since I found this thing, wow, it's amazing. So when you see people saying on the internet, 
hey man, why are you shooting six or even five at big dog? You're gonna wound them. That's it. That's all, dude. For now, I got something to close to shut your mouth. Sorry, but it's yeah. it's been tested. It's been proven that you're gonna kill it if you, but you gotta shoot on it. You don't gotta shoot behind or uh, you know you gotta shoot on it. You're gonna kill it. You can follow that chart as much as you want, but if you can't shoot a duck, you can't shoot a duck. Yeah. And like one of my big friends says, it's the jerk behind the trigger, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is only a tool. It is only a, a guide, right? You still need to be able to properly yeah. shoot. We'll we'll put that uh, we'll put that chart up on our own social media, um, and uh, just so just so people can uh, see it. Refer uh, to it or something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it's good. Like I've yeah. I see fellas that that'll that'll shoot BB. Like that, all they buy is BB. They shoot BB all year long. Ducks or geese, it doesn't matter. It's and BB. After that, find, find the mallard with all the BBs right in it. That wow. you've shot even at 25 or 30, 30 yards. Don't worry and about the mallard. Look at the teal that they're shooting with BB. It's ground beef. <laughs> it's already cooked. <laughs> yeah. We were hunting mallards the one time, and a, and a buffalo head came in, and it, they were flying. There, there was a pair of them, and they're flying. Yep. And I hit the top one, and it dipped down lower than the bottom one. And then I was like, okay, I'll get the other one. And then all of a sudden, the bottom one dips back up. And from then on, I'm like, no, you need number four to get the penetration on those little bastards. <laughs> Buffalo head. Keeping in line with that. Right, sorry for cutting you off there, but I just want No, to- that's fine. That's fine. Keeping in line with that. And 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 I do appreciate the, the few boxes of shells I got from Damien to try. However, unlike Damien, I like shooting geese. And uh, <laughs> so number four, while it works great on ducks, I, I don't disagree for a second. That stuff works great on ducks. If you uh-huh. have the odd goose come in, I would much prefer to have number two in the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Ducks. And it's not over. But if, if let's say, let's say big, big Canada geese that, that, that are going to land five to 10, 10 yards in front of you, like right in the spread. I've had my friends shooting number six to their head. Man, it was a bloody head after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I agree. But Damien doesn't put any goose decoys out. <laughs> yeah, it was his first shot with number six. And after that, he goes with twos and BBs. And that's it, you know? At big geese, I always shoot number B. I always shoot BBs. I don't ask. I always have BBs for geese. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a guy I know. Uh, Damien, you met him. Daryl Poisson. You remember him? Yeah. Whenever I hunted with him, he, he always used triple D. Yep. On everything. <laughs> oh, even teal? <laughs> yeah. Everything. everything. He said, hey, if it kills goose, kills duck, right? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, that's right. That's Expe- right. Expensive loads, though. Yeah. Another thing that um, we talk about quite a bit is patterning our shot shell. We always talk about you put a piece of paper out and you shoot it and you'll see like your spread there. But another thing that sometimes people don't grasp the concept of is that that spread of that shot shell is all, it's a three-dimensional, like it all. You lost Dave. Yeah. yeah I think... So I'm just making sure people. Okay. No, yeah, say, for sure. say that like again, said... Dave. Yeah. You were like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We've got three. My son's playing video games. My wife's at work, like doing her online work and, um, so we're yeah. <laughs> we always talk about patterning our shot shells, and we have yep. 
the pattern is like a, a circle a on the board. It's a 2D. It's a 2D image. It's, yeah, it's but, a 2D. Yep. But when we shoot, it's actually 3D. So there yeah, could be pockets lengthwise as well as widthwise that people don't understand it, that part. And it's, it's, it's the shot string. And I can't afford to get ballistics gel to, to determine that and a high speed camera to see like what the spread is fully, but it's just something to make people aware of that. But the ballistic gel is, is going to only give you the penetration. You're going to need the slow-mo cam to see the shot string. So the 3D, the 3D image of your shot string. And that's why after that, if we want to talk about it later on with chokes and everything, that's why all chokes company has their little different technologies in it to stop the wild or just to uh, put a pressure on it to like slow it down a bit. So the, the, the shot string sh sh short shortens or let, or the length of it is like more. Um, but so, uh, so, go, so go ahead, get into it now, Frank. Like, like talk about that shot string and, and talk about the choke tubes and, and the importance. Like, I, I fear that there, there are way to, so first off, we, we have a group of people that listen to the show that, that are new, that are new hunters that are inexperienced and, and they, you know, they go to Facebook. These are the same people that go on the Facebook groups that ask questions and they get absolutely torn apart on Facebook for asking a, a question um, because of because of bullies, in my opinion. But so, you know, explain that that shot string and and the importance of like you're saying, Dave, why we pattern our guns like we do. We pattern our guns at the every every fall we do it for turkey every yep. year we do it for ducks every year and, and we pattern our gun we find out where we are and and because you alluded to it frank every choke tube yeah. is different every gun is different every choke tube is gonna is gonna do something different mm -hmm. every shot shell is not gonna give you the same pattern okay it's gonna give you something that's gonna be look alike but it's a shot shell so it's like like I said, it's like 400 BBs going down the same place. It's not like a rifle. So you cannot, you cannot be sure if you just shoot one shot to the target and say, oh, that's my pattern. No, no, you got to shoot two, three, four shots to get an average of pattern you could get. After that, when you find your pattern on paper perfect, we're going to the shot string. The shot string can be longer than even 10 to 12 feet. And it can go, it can be shortened to like, I think it's six, seven, maybe eight feet. You can shorten it down with different chokes. Uh, you can go with improved cylinder. It's going to be more open, full. It's going to be more restricted. But after that, the shot string is, it, it is what it's going to make you hit the bird. Uh, like the bird's going to pass through it. You know, it's not like one single bullet. You miss it. No, you got like a, a cloud of pellets going to the bird in 3D, like Dave said, and the bird got to pass through it, or the pellets got to pass through the bird. I don't know if you want to, uh, you want to uh, see it, but that's what's gonna make the, like I say, our shotgun works. You know, it's not, it's not only one pellet. It's one bullet. It's like a cloud. I, I like to call it a cloud of mosquitoes that's gonna hit the target. You know. It's going to sting the target. So for sure, if you got a longer short string, a shot string, 
you may have a bit more chance to hit your bird because the bird has to pass into 15 feet of pellets. But if you shorten it, okay, your pellets are going to be more dense. And when you're going to hit the dog, the, the dog's going to fold his wing. It's going to fall down. But you got a less more chance to hit it. So then practice comes into it to know your shot, to know your lead with the load you have because yeah, for sure, 15, 50 feet per second or 14, 50 feet per second. At 40 yards, it's what? Two, three inches maximum of lead more or something. It's not that much, but you got to know your shot. You got to know your payload. You got to know your gun. You got to know everything. You know, it's it's practice and it's you need to make your own work, you know? And, and I find That's there's two there's two types of guys out there. There's those guys that like the, the big dense pattern where you're shooting the, the, the high load and you have a ton of pellets out there, but you have a little bit less speed. And then there's those guys that like the high speed, but they might have a few less pellets. And, and it's kind of neat to talk about because like Damien's from Kingston. So the Kingston guys have their one way. And then the, the guys up in Muskoka have their way. And then the guys where I am are kind of in between, you know, it, it's kind of neat to see, like, it's almost regionally what people like, you know, mm-hmm it's like a story. Someone likes this. He's going to talk to his friend and his friend's going to use this and he's going to get used to this. And then he's going to do the same. So it's like from grandpa to papa to uh, his kids. And then, so like you said, it depends on the region. I would say more, it depends on the group of hunters that uh, that hunts together. Cause I'm going to go meet another group of hunters. We're going to meet together in the same field. We're going to have the same permission. We're going to blend in and they're going to shoot hypersonic i'm going to shoot 14 feet for 1400 feet per second we're going to both drop birds but we do we use the same technique do we use the same thing no so and like i said in first my beretta a350 is not going to shoot the same thing as another a350 from beretta they all have their little constriction in the in the in the board. It's, it's not going to be the same. Even if you use the same choke, it's not going to be the same. Even if you use two different shells or the same shell, it's not going to be the same either. So that's what people don't think and don't know and don't mm-hmm. want to know. Uh, I was talking to one of my uh, part, uh, colleague today. It's like, how could I say it? It's like, uh, well, I just lost the idea, but. It's you can do the same thing. You're not gonna have the same result at all. But you gotta you, you gotta practice yourself. You gotta you gotta know your thing, and you gotta be confident with your shot and everything. Mm-hmm. So, and you bring up a valid point. Like a lot of times we see online, people say, "Hey, does anyone else shoot a Super Black Eagle two with a whatever a kick high flyer choke?" Um, what ammo are you using that pan that patterns really well? Well, you know what I use, here's what I use. It patterns really well for me. I'm, I have the exact same gun, same setup as you, but use that as a base starting point. Don't go and just be like, don't ask on a Friday night and hunt Saturday morning. Like actually <laughs> go out and see, make sure that, yeah, that is right. Because you know what? My son's gun, we got it and it was shooting like six inches low. And you got to shim that gun, make that gun fit you too, right? So make sure you pattern before you go out. It's the best thing we can do for those animals out there. Yep. Yeah, yep. and I, I think that's a good thing that sort of kind of get your head wrapped around is that 
you know, the gun, the ammo, the choke tube, and the user, all four of those things need to come together, right? Like not one thing, like you could have, like, and I won't get into brands of guns, but there's some guns that people think are are high end, and then there's some guns that people think that are that are on the bottom end. It listen, you can be just a good a shooter with a bottom end gun as opposed to a high end gun. I'm it, gonna it, use the best example for this. Yeah, we're we're gonna take Ellie, right? Yeah. Okay, Ellie has under and over from two thousand to. I'm not gonna say the price. I know yeah. them, but I'm gonna not gonna say the price. Okay. Yeah. If shoot every gun he can shoot, okay, and he took yours when mm -hmm. we were shooting. Yeah. Did he, did he burn them clays or not? Yeah. Yeah. And so, then he took mine. Yeah. He burned them all too, and then he third he, he, he took like a Remington Eight Seventy, the the, the 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 Express one. He's gonna burn everything. It's like I said before, it's the jerk behind the trigger. After that, you just gotta adjust <laughs> to the machine. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That, so, if that. you wanna go back to Mark, for example, because Mark, I think he wants to talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm enjoying the show here now. Half of what I've been thinking about it gets lost in, in the yeah. discussion because it's things that I think about, and then, then you guys already talk about it. So, okay. Carry on, keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, but that, that, is, that is a good point because so. You know, I, I get invited to come down to the Montreal Ski Club, which, you know, um, is, is a bit of a big deal. And and so uh, Bill Kennedy uh, says, listen, you're not going to go down with that with that semi-automatic that you used to shoot birds down to the Montreal Ski Club here, buddy. <laughs> so he gives me this gives me this silver pigeon, um, beautiful over uh, uh, over under. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, nice. And I go down, go down to the Montreal club. First off, Ellie has to show me how to put it together because I'm not putting it together. That's right what I was right. going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying, I'm trying to get it put together and Ellie's watching me and he finally comes in and, and, and does it. So I can't hit a friggin' thing with this gun. Um, and I'm like, ah, I just, I don't know, this gun I, I, is not for me or is not fitting me right or, or whatever, right? Uh, and I think um, with most people around, most people would agree and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, just, the gun doesn't fit you or, or whatever. But he picks it up, just grabs any old gun and just starts smoking clays. You know what I mean? Now, when I grab my own gun and we go do five stand, I'm, I'm, I'm bang on, I'm good. Yeah. But uh, it just goes to show like, so I'm comfortable with my gun. I, I can use it, but it's only because it's my gun and I'm comfortable with my gun. Meanwhile, yeah. you can give Ellie anything and he's going to, and he's, and he's going to adjust himself. Yeah. 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 Last, it was last wild. time I went, last time I went, he, he rented me as uh, for a two or three shot. I was like, can I try your gun? Like just holding like a, that Bugatti in my hand. I was like, it's not a Bugatti, but it's like, it was like I was driving a Bugatti. Like, it's like, man, this gun is, it's magic. I shoulder it. I'm like, no, I'm not comfortable. It was too short for me. So I missed like two out of the three shots I made. He was like, this gun is not made for you. I'm going to give you your gun back. Shoot the same clay right now. Bing, bang, boom. I heard, I heard, I made those three. So it's like, you got to fit to your gun for sure. Yeah. But you can adapt to it 
if you're at the master level or something, you know? Yeah. It's yeah, fair it's enough. It's not a science, it's practice and it's like uh, technical. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about skeet shooting, yeah. can you can you talk about what handicap load is? Handicap load is is uh it's a three dram of powder with one ounce of a height of uh, BBs, either in seven, seven and a half, eight, or nine. Uh, Challenger doesn't do seven, so it, it, it they does uh, seven point eight, they does uh, eight and nine. So that's the difference between a normal target load for sure. For example, that it's uh, three and a three quarter dram. The only thing where they call it handicap and they put three grams of powder in it, it's to help the semi-auto shotguns to cycle it. Because some of those shotguns are made for hunting loads or three and a half inch, so longer uh, longer length of action, and uh, and they need a little bit more punch to do their action to eject the load and reload the gun. And then Challenger can do light loads. So light loads, for example, just to be sure it's going to be uh one ounce instead of uh, one ounce and eight so less lead to push less recoil you have so less the action is going to make this job you know so for a semi-auto i always recommend handicap so you're going to be sure your gun is going to cycle the gun cycle the load after each shot you're going to be able to do a repeat at the sporting uh sporting parkour or a five stem, or a even a double, or a triple, or a, if you put five shells in your gun, you're gonna be able to shoot all the five shells right away. So that's why the, it's called handicap. It's to help the semi-auto uh, do the job, do the action. Yeah. yeah. So that was something new that you taught me there last year when we first talked. Yeah. You're like, oh, I you got a semi-auto gets handicap load, and I've we've never had that here. I don't even know what didn't even know okay. what that was. So it was mm -hmm. kind of new to me, and now that I have it, it's like. This is awesome. Good. Thanks. So it, I want to make sure everyone else knew about it. Yeah. Challenger calls it handicap to like to diff to, to make a difference between their target normal target load and target load with three drams of powder in it. So that's why they call it handicap. But you got you got the same thing in Remington Federal. Uh, Kent does it too. It, they only change their name a little bit to get three drams of powder. So, for example, you're going to a club to shoot some clays, and they're asking uh, what kind of shells you want to buy. You want the three drams of powder. You don't want it two and three quarters if you got a, a semi-auto. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to I assure my, uh, the, the ears of my friend is like whistling right now. He shoots uh, no Belgium, Auto 5. Uh, this gun is a, it's a machine. It's a tank. He's going to eject everything, but we're talking about a Noto 5 Belgium from 1965. So it's not the same thing as our new gun that are made for waterfall load and heavy, heavier load. That's why. Unless, unless you have a gun like mine, which will shoot literally anything. I can, I can load up a two and three quarter, seven, eight ounce load. Okay. Follow, follow it with a three and a half uh, ounce and a half. Mm -hmm. and then throw a friggin' turkey load in there if I want a two ounce. And I can fire all three of them, no problems every time. Seven and eight ounce, yeah, yeah. I can put what, any of those. What gun do you have? What gun do you have? Versus Max, okay. Versus Max. Okay. Anything. But that, uh, that Charlie, is the like most... you said, that's the only gun that can handle the hypersonic. <laughs> yeah, but why? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy, there's Shoot no at 60 plus, 60 plus birds. Yeah. If you can't decoy them, hypersonic them. I've used hypersonic in my life, and it was. I've I've learned I can handle recoil. I'm not a small guy. I'm six oh. foot two forty. I can handle recoil. But what I learned over my brief hunting career, I'll say, uh, is that your follow up to your second shot mm-hmm. is That's not is, there. is so important, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you might knock it down on the first shot. And you want to go for another bird. A three inch at say fourteen fifty with an ounce and a quarter out of my gun is is very light recoil. So you knock it down, there's barely any movement. So you're moving, your your eyes are already on the first bird's going down, your eyes are already on your second target, and you're moving to it. With that three and a half, let's say hypersonic at 1700 feet oh. per second, push, pushing the same load out. <laughs> there, there's there's a recoil. Yeah. You're not a big guy, there's a recoil. And yeah. and then you gotta move further to get to that second bird. Mm-hmm. Right? And you gotta you gotta move out of the fireball. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on the gun you're using it beats the living shit out of your gun because i i used to have a weatherby sa08 which okay. is a turkish made weatherby yeah. and it would loosen that gun up yeah, yeah that's why it, it breaks good yeah. thread, thread lock everything put it all together again it would still loosen it up it didn't matter so too much pressure they, they, and they put the maximum pressure a gun can handle in those shells that's why. And that's a good point that you brought up too, uh, Mark, because like I, w- I was the dude that, that shot three and a half inch shells. And I only, and I didn't shoot four inch because they weren't made. Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, I was hunting, um, not having a whole lot of success, especially on those, um, on that second shot and stuff. And, and Mark was like, why don't you go down to a three inch shell? And I'm like, well, I never really thought about going down to a three-inch shell. I just went with a three and a half. And he was like, try try a three-inch shell. And and that's what I shoot now. And 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 it has. It's made a ton of difference. Just dropping, just dropping that much. I, you know, I haven't changed the, the payload or 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 you know, shot size or anything like that. But just just that half inch uh, has made a huge difference, especially for that that follow-up shot, right? And, you know, one time um, to be to sit down in a blind and watch a fella triple on birds, that was unheard of. Like I, that would just blow my mind to see a fella hit three birds in a volley. And now, uh, not that I do it all the time, but I have done it. It's it's not a common occurrence, but I but I have hit three birds um, once and it never came back. Right? <laughs> uh, I've done it a couple, so it counts. <laughs> yeah, I done it a couple. It was three times on the one bird. <laughs> I've yeah. seen guys hit all three birds, yet they still all flew away. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, yeah. Those are those days. That that's miracles. Five bird. Yeah. Yeah. Or you got the shot. The guy that shot five birds out of three shells. Yeah. Yeah. We're all flying. Oh, we all we all know a fella. Yeah, that, that five but birds, you, uh, five birds drop, and he shot every one of them. We're talking about like the three and a half shells, and why don't make it four inch shells? But the three and a half shells were made a bit because uh, to uh, to uh, make competition to the ten gauge. I was getting a bit of a popularity. Popularity. So sorry, yeah. I can make. Yeah, popularity. Yeah, popularity. There you go. Yeah. 
Um, and then 12, the, 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 the company says, okay, we're going to make three and a half inch shells. So it's going to be more, more affordable. So we're going to oh, get really? like this. Yeah, it, it was one of the reasons they made three and a half inch shells. Huh. To like put competition to the 10 gauge. And because 10 gauge, go, go buy a three and a half inch shells, wow. box shells of 10 gauge. How much you think you're going to pay? It's, well, we we used to hunt with uh, with Sasha Merck, and and that's what she, like that was a that was a goddamn cannon. That's what that was. And it's a tiger stick. Yeah. Oh man, and no ear pro, yeah. no ear protection. Uh, uh, a twenty year old, <laughs> a, a 20, 20 year old kid that's that's deaf. Sasha, I, I'm not sure. He was using it at 15 and 16. So. <laughs> yeah. Sasha, not sure if you listen to this show, buddy, but uh, if you do, um, there's your there's your honorable mention. Um, no, it's like shooting a tank. It's still. like getting a tank shooting shooting right beside you. It's it's oh, yeah. a boom that you never want to hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> we had a guy. Along with what you were saying? Oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Along with what you were saying, Francois, the. Uh, the 10 gauge was one reason for the three and a half, but also yeah. when they switched over from lead to just steel. Yeah. Steel at the time had shitty, shitty performance, right? They didn't yeah. have, they didn't catch up to it in wad technology nope. and patterns and all that stuff. They didn't have all that going at the time. So what they did, another reason for the three and a half was they just added more. So they made it three and a half essentially just to increase the payload, right? Yeah. Awesome. More mosquitoes to the target. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of more mosquitoes to the target. Dave, what were you going to say, buddy? Oh, when you were talking about like the loud shooters, and I don't know if this guy listens or not, but we would be hunting and they're like opening day. Someone messaged me. They're like, man, someone's out here with a 10 gauge. And I was like, oh, crazy. Like I, I had to work that day this year. So then I got to go with the next day and I heard it and I was like, hmm. So then we drive in and I, I saw the guy that was hunting and it's actually a guy that he's still using his turkey choke in his steel and i was like whoa uh, so i asked him about it. in it i, I think it's because it's welded it <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not about, coming like, out Man, that's gonna turn have you ever seen those like um the videos where you see the guy smoking the cigar and it goes like that yeah like man yeah. you're gonna do that to your gun he's like oh it hasn't happened yet it's not gonna happen i'm like oh jesus you wait boy you yeah. wait. I'm sure there's a balloon in his uh in his board. I'm sure there's a balloon on the on the rib or yeah. something on the cannon or something because damn no it you can't shoot loud. you can't shoot steel in those tight pattern turkey. It's point my both of my turkey choke are like uh point six five five and point uh six seventy. Yeah. And if you go for example, I, I'm shooting kicks. I I only shoot kicks, chokes. And if I go in my modified or something, it's like uh, I got the chart, the chart in here. Just give me a second just to be sure. Um, for example, my modified, it's 0.723. And I put BBs into it. I'm not going to put, put BBs into a 0.670 or a 0.655. Man, it's going to blow out my, my, uh, my, my gun for sure. Or it's going to weld it down. Two things. Yeah. So the other thing with steel that people talk about all the time, and I don't think there's, I don't think we have time to get fully into it because we're kind of coming up to the end of it. But 
people always talk about how steel will ruin barrels, especially older barrels. Um, to anyone that wants to see something, there's a YouTube channel that our good friends at Wolverine Supplies told me about, and it's uh, TGS Outdoors. And they did a study on shooting steel through older barrels. And it's a great YouTube series. Check it out if you want to know whether you can shoot steel out of your barrel. We're also not making the suggestion because if it turns out that it ruins your barrel, I don't want to be at fault there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, and, and you know what? Uh, something good to end on. And, and you are right, Dave. We are coming up on to the end of our time here. Um, so, um, uh, you know what? Great great little topic uh, to end on and something that I, I think we need uh, as, as much as we can education it is the way forward and, and education on so many things. So education on the science of, of your shot shell, the education on the science of your gun and the education on being a decent human being as a, as a hunter. And these are all, all things that we try to touch on as much as, as much as possible. Frank, buddy, I cannot thank you enough for coming on tonight. You were a wealth of knowledge. Um, I certainly learned stuff tonight. Um, so I, I, I thank you. I thank challenger for, for putting her trust in Punisher waterfowl and, and wanting to join up with us and, and, you know, have a, have a mutually beneficial relationship. Um, I love the product and, and you know what I shoot the product and I love it. And, and it knocks down birds. And I know Dave does as well. Um, so I'll, I'll give the last word to you, but we'll do a, a quick little round table and, uh, and we'll chat then Mark. Well, it's good meeting you, Frank. Uh, yeah. I like, uh, I've never been to Maribel. I hope, uh, maybe in the future when the border opens up again and we're allowed to, to get into Quebec, I can probably go visit the place. You, you uh, can go there right now. There's right. a turkey camp going on right now. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, good one. Good one. Attaboy. Attaboy. Good one. But yeah, it was good. It was good to meet you. You got, you got your wealth information. I, uh, I understand a lot of what you're discussing and stuff. I mean, I, I've, I've researched everything with regards to hunting that I like to know what's behind everything that I do. So it's, it's nice to have you on the show and, and hear you share all the similar interests that I have with that. So anyways, good meeting you. Dave. Francois, I know we talk all the time, but maybe one day we'll actually have the time to meet up for a, a hunt and a beer or something. But, uh, you know, as Damien always says, surround yourself with good people and you're definitely one of the good people. So thanks, buddy. Well, uh, I think it's my time, so uh, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. It was a pleasure being invited. Uh, anytime you want me to be, get back on the show, I'll be glad to do it. Uh, like uh, I like what Mark says about me a bit. So uh, I got my interest. I got my point of interest as the same as you guys shooting, hunting, uh, the outdoor and everything. And I like, all of my friends will tell you, I like to know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to talk bullshit. Like I said, I have the info. I'm going to go look through it. I don't have the info. I'm going to be straight up to you. I don't have the info. I may get back to you with it. Uh, I'll try to find it and I'll say it to you. Uh, people are going to say I have, I have a big mouth or something, but I'm going to say what I think. And I'm going to say what it's right. I'm not going to bullshit anyone. 
Uh, I'm there to say like the truth. Uh, I found like what I was go going to say. Today's with the internet, people are more uh, attracted by like the the beautiful false in everything. The beautiful like on through the beautiful uh, like like uh, like how can I say it's like uh, look and but they're scared about the they're, they're scared about the truth. You're gonna say them the truth right in their face. They're gonna be like, no, no, it, it can't be, it can't be, and they're gonna go back and go see what it's not true, you know. So people have questions, go come ask me, come see me, come come add me or something. And like I said, ask me to be back on the show. I'll be back on the show for sure. I had a good time with you and uh, yeah. Awesome. And uh, you can rest assured you will be back on the show. Perhaps we should do a show at the Skeet Club in Montreal sometime. That way we can, uh, we can, Mark, you can come down because it's a you short drive. Guy. Yeah, it's a yeah. short, it's an even shorter drive for Merck. And, but uh, Dave, yeah, you need to come down because you do need to meet Carol and, and Ellie. And yeah, Ernie, for sure. And Erno, uh, it, it would be fun. Frank, um, you are 100%, uh, like you said, you, you know your stuff. Um, you don't bullshit. Listen, it is a quality product. Um, like I've said, I love it. I use it. It works for me. It knocks birds down and that's all I care about. Um, so if anybody that is around me and if you want to try to, I will give you rounds to try. I am that confident in this product that I, I have it here. If you want it, you just call me and, and when the season starts, or even if you just want to shoot some target load, cause I have some of that as well, I'll give it to you and let you try it. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Um, but I don't just shoot one, try and try and, uh, you know, do something either way. Um, say with three. That, yeah. Say shoot three, say it. Shoot three. <laughs> that way. Number fours. Um, <laughs> No, number two. Yeah, no. Excellent. Excellent episode. We've got a couple things that we've got to do. We've got to get that chart up on our social media that Dave was uh, that uh, Frank was talking about. And, and for all of our new listeners, our new hunters, and even the experienced ones, um, take a look at it and, and really, and really look at what you're doing and what this is saying. Um, maybe there's some discrepancies. Maybe maybe you don't agree with it. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it um, and, and just have more discussion about it. So with that, this was episode 49, everybody. Uh, Frank, thank you so much. Challenger Ammunition, thank you so much for coming on, um, spreading the good word and everything. Next week is, is episode 50, the one-year anniversary of the Union 0430, and we could not have even remotely come close to this without all of your support and all of the amazing support of all of these businesses that are behind me. So watch out for episode 50. There may be some stuff being given away. I don't know, Dave, maybe. Um, everybody. Big love. Frank, thank you again so much for coming on. Surround yourself with good people. Look after one another. Big love. Until next week.